0: Mandy was a real estate broker in suburban Chicago 15 years ago when she was pregnant with her third child. That's when she had a scare she'll never forget. It started with a sharp pain behind her right ear. But when that pain went away, Mandy dropped it from her mind until the next day.
1: I remember having breakfast one morning and noticing that the food tasted different, so I just... I didn't really pay much attention to that, and I continued on with my day, but I kept noticing that throughout the day with other meals, and then it was the next morning after that that I remember waking up and seeing my face didn't look the same. The left side of my face that seemed to be drooping, I guess, where I had no ability of movement, facial muscles, and I tried drinking something that morning and I remember not being able to put my lips up to the cup on that side of my face I was very much in shock. I was thinking is this a stroke? Is something else happening? And I was very afraid.
0: Mandy went to the emergency room and fortunately it wasn't a stroke. But what Mandy did have can mimic some of a stroke symptoms and can certainly end up being serious. She was diagnosed with Bell's palsy, a condition where the facial nerve for one side of the face simply stops working. Dr. Stephen Lewis is professor and associate chairman of the Department of Neurological Sciences at the Rush University
2: Medical Center in Chicago. The classic symptom of Bell's palsy that really is what catches the patient's attention is that they are weak on one side of their face. So they see that they are unable to close one eye or they're weak in closure of one eye, they're unable to smile on one side of their face and raise their eyebrow on that side of their face. What's less commonly known by patients and even some physicians is that that prior to the facial weakness, patients often have pain behind the ear on the side of the weakness. So they may have pain for a day or so behind the ear and then a day or so later start developing this weakness.
3: Many patients think that they are experiencing a stroke because they have the sudden onset of changes to the sensation and motion typically in one side of their face.
0: That's Dr. Lisa Ishii, Associate Professor of Otolaryngology, head and neck surgery at the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine.
3: They realize that they are having difficulty speaking because one half of their mouth is not moving the same way as the other. They may have trouble closing their eye and then they feel like their eye is dry. Patients will also state that they feel like the is different. So in other words, they'll say they feel like their face is numb. Technically, it's not because Bell's palsy is a motor nerve problem. It's usually quite disconcerting. And so patients are typically extremely concerned about it when it has its onset.
0: Ishii says Bell's palsy is relatively rare, affecting about one person in every 5,000. Doctors know that it results when one of the facial nerves shuts down and it appears to be more common in people who are diabetic and women who are pregnant. However, Lewis says
2: why the nerve malfunctions is unknown. One current thought and probably the most popular hypothesis is that this relates to some kind of viral infection of the nerve, but it's really not entirely proven. We do think in general there's some kind of inflammation, maybe even a little swelling of the nerve somewhere, but whether it's actually triggered by a virus or something else isn't entirely clear.
4: I thought I had cold symptoms, so like a runny nose and watery eyes, and I had a pain behind my left ear, and I thought I actually was having a tooth abscess.
0: Carrie Schrambeck of Lake Villa, Illinois, developed Bell's Palsy last April.
4: The pain didn't go away behind my ear. It was constant, but my eye, my left eye was watering really, really bad, so I thought I had pink eye and I thought, well, that kind of goes with the cold. But then every day I noticed that, you know, my face started looking weird and feeling weird and I wasn't able to eat, like I wasn't able to smile, I wasn't able to put food in my mouth because I couldn't move the left side of my face. And then my eye wasn't blinking and I thought, this isn't normal. I was at work and I was kind of slurring my words and like I couldn't drink out of a soda bottle. I was kind of, you know, drooling. And then I thought, this isn't right.
0: Carrie called her doctor, who seemed pretty calm about it.
4: The first thing he said was, did you have a cold or a virus, a virus or an infection? And I said, I think I have a cold. And he said, you have Bell's palsy he says go to the emergency room to make sure you didn't have a stroke because my age being 45 he said i wasn't a spring chicken so i went to the er and that's the first thing they said they said do you have a cold and i said yes and they said you have bell's palsy before they even admitted me they knew exactly what it
0: was so i had textbook symptoms carrie also had a textbook recovery she received oral prednisone, a steroid, to help the process along.
4: Maybe three days that I started noticing because I would look in the mirror all the time just to see because it was kind of funny if I smiled or laughed. So I was just wanting to see the progress and I could see that part of my smile was coming back. The eating and drinking part, that probably took the longest. My eyes stopped watering almost the next day after I started with the medicine.
0: Steroids help speed the process, but Lewis says most patients would recover completely
2: on their own without it. Usual recovery time is four to eight weeks. About 70% of people will make a complete recovery and of that remaining 30% most will make a very good recovery and a few will not recover as well. So our intention as physicians is to increase the chances of a very good recovery in a condition that already has a pretty good chance of a very good recovery. There is pretty good evidence that steroids given early in the course of a Bell's palsy and the studies I think typically are done within three days of the onset, although we'd probably give it even if a patient showed up a little later. But steroids given early uh, in the course of a Bell's palsy, we do think further improve one's chances of a good recovery.
3: There has been a fair amount of usage and discussion around the use of antiviral therapies. Those, the data are less clear. So in fact, we recommended against treating with antiviral therapy alone because there were not good enough data to say whether or not the addition of antiviral therapy to steroid therapy was better than steroid therapy alone. Our recommendation in the guideline was that you could add that antiviral therapy, but we didn't know with evidence that that was better than an oral steroid alone.
0: However, Ishi says just because Bell's palsy often goes away on its own doesn't mean it's not serious.
3: And what makes it serious is, again, what we are talking about is the function of half of your face. And so there are the functional deficits that can occur, like those that I mentioned, difficulty chewing. One that I didn't mention is difficulty breathing through the nose from having one side of your nose be flaccid so that the side wall is collapsing down on itself and causing blockage on one side of your nose. It can be extremely critical if individuals cannot close their eyelid completely and their eye is exposed can get dried out. You can get an ulcer on your cornea, which could lead to
0: blindness. Ishi says taking care of that eye problem can require unusual steps.
3: What we do is tell the patients to lubricate their eye with eye drops. And depending on the amount of exposure that they have, what we encourage them to do at night when they're sleeping, for example, to use what's called a moisture chamber where they can literally take a piece of saran wrap and tape it around the involved eye. And what that does is that traps moisture while they're sleeping to help provide some lubrication since they aren't doing it themselves.
0: Ishi says patients also have to deal with severe social effects when half of their face doesn't work right.
3: They are unable to express emotion in a normal way. And we've actually done research on this to measure how they are perceived, and they are perceived quite negatively, both from an attractiveness standpoint, from the standpoint of what type of emotion are they trying to convey, whereby when a patient who has this deficit smiles, especially in the extreme stages of it, rather than being interpreted as happy will be interpreted as angry. And so it has tremendous impact on their social interactions with others.
0: That's similar to what happened to Mandy. She says when she had Bell's palsy 15 years ago, little treatment was available and her symptoms dragged on for nearly a year.
1: There really wasn't any improvement until months later. I remember the next few weeks just trying to do my best in terms of eating, drinking, and of course, I was very embarrassed to look at people. I couldn't smile correctly, and so I tried to keep away from social events and almost hide myself away from the public as much as I could, and being in real estate sales, that was very difficult to do because I'm in front of customers all the time, so... It was very challenging for the next few weeks, and I didn't see improvements really until months, months later.
0: That's why Ishi says one area of recovery involves training patients and their families about Bell's palsy, because it's often misunderstood.
3: Based on what we know about the impact to these patients from a psychosocial standpoint, absolutely. They need to be educated Their friends and family need to be educated, and they need to understand the differences that can occur in their social interactions, both with strangers and with loved ones, and whatever kind of help they can be given in terms of getting through that.
0: However, getting through it can become a lifelong process. Even among patients who make a good recovery, it's common for some effects to never go away. Ishii says the face may remain slightly asymmetrical, particularly on smiling, or the patient may suffer from what's called synkinesis.
3: Which is where you get abnormal facial nerve function. And what I mean by that is that the facial nerve has multiple branches that go to different muscles in the face. And so an example of synkinetic motion is If someone goes to smile and they fire the nerve to make their muscles move that lead them to smile, patients who have synkinesis, one type of synkinesis, their eye will blink involuntarily when they do that because at the same time the nerve is firing to the muscle that goes around their mouth, they're also firing a nerve to the muscle that goes around their eye. So that's another residual effect from this that can occur.
0: Mandy still has synkinetic effects 15 years after first being afflicted with Bell's Palsy.
1: It's very difficult to close the eye completely. Even to this day, one symptom that has never gone away is when I eat. For some reason, my left eye tears as if I am crying. And it's funny because when I eat, people think I'm crying. (laughs) I always get asked, are you okay? Are you okay? But it's just my eye cries. It's just tears. Even though my face is mostly recovered, it is not 100%. And my left side still seems to droop slightly and when I try to even whistle, the left side of my lips don't quite form as well as the right side. So... I'm probably at 95 percent. I'm very happy about
0: that. Carrie Schrambeck has some happiness over her Bell's palsy, too. She knows she's been fortunate to have a quick recovery, even though she's had unpleasant lingering effects as well, such as facial twitching. But Carrie says one good thing has come out of it, one effect that she hopes will stick around.
4: My smile isn't the same anymore. If you didn't know me, you would never tell, but I could tell. I don't have the same smile that I used to. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but I just didn't like it before. And now it's kind of cute.
0: You can find out more about all of our guests on our website, RadioHealthJournal.net, where you can also find archives of all of our shows. You can also find our shows on iTunes and Stitcher. I'm Reed Pence. It's
3: no picnic to have a serious GI issue such as irritable bowel syndrome or IBS. It can make meal planning for the entire family a stressful chore, especially when you're looking forward to a special meal like a summer barbecue. Luckily, medical nutrition therapist and registered dietitian Patsy Katzos says you can help manage IBS symptoms by knowing which foods are triggers and eliminating them. About 75% of sufferers get relief from IBS symptoms by following a diet low in certain sugars and fibers called FODMAPs. Also, incorporating a high potency probiotic medical food clinically proven in the dietary management of IBS, like VSL number 3, may help provide improvements in symptoms associated with IBS. Look for my IBS friendly recipes at VSL3.com. VSL number three differs from other probiotics in that it is a medical food and must be used under medical supervision. So ask your doctor about VSL number three. Check for VSL number three behind the pharmacy counter or order online at VSL3.com with the code DOCTOR for $5 off.